Hello everyone. Welcome to today's episode on Raza with Grace of Her. The episode for today centers around the impending 2022 cost of living crisis in the UK and many other countries caused by a combination of Russia's war in Ukraine, the resulting energy crisis, global food shortages due to a rapidly increasing change in the planet's climate, and in Britain's case, Brexit, and over a decade of austerity economics has driven many individuals and families into their financial desperation. This combination of events, together with woeful government and an ongoing absent Prime Minister biding his time before another succeeds him, have made the outlook for the UK worse than for any other country, and the G7, with the exception of Russia. So dismal are the current and projected economic prospects for the country that millions of the poorest in the land will struggle to afford food and heating, whilst being at the mercy of rampant inflation edging well into double digits and higher than at any time within the past 40 years. Analysts have suggested that this combination of rising prices and inflationary pressures coupled with zero or even negative economic growth is even reminiscent of the 1970s. It is often overlooked that half a century ago, in an age of unparalleled civil strife, crippling industrial disputes and an unsustainable economic model, Britain was still a major manufacturing and heavy industrial economy, although living on borrowed time. Within less than two decades, vestige of economic dominance in terminal decline since the end of the war was evidently over and the future thereafter was to be a nation of service industries to Europe and the rest of the world, whether they wanted that or not. There began an era of low productivity, falling, falling incomes, running concurrent massive de-industrialization. The government benefited hugely from the income from North Sea oil and gas revenue, as did Norway, which shared the reserves and created a sovereign wealth fund for its citizens. In contrast, the UK used its share of the revenue to finance tax cuts for the better off and unemployment benefits to the millions who lost their jobs. This in turn led to the decimation of the unions and the workforce representation, a lack of investment in the public sector, and an era of eternal rising house prices. A new dawn was upon the country, so what could possibly go wrong? The answer, as is now apparent, is everything. The readjustment process that commenced in the early 1980s reached its conclusion in Brexit when the UK left the European Union after nearly 50 years of membership. As was predicted by anyone possessing even a minimal degree of sensibility, this had proved to be an unmitigated, self-inflicted disaster that the country will take years, possibly decades, to remedy. And only then by rejoining the nearest and largest trading bloc on our doorstep 
Yet the question remains as to whether the EU will let us back in to an organization that we have proved unable to support if it is in opposition to the country's national interests, to which we willingly become a member of because of a declining world influence as the empire dissolved. There is a realization in many quarters that we have burnt our bridges and our belligerence has shown to the other 27 countries that we are reckless and self-centered. Now, outside of the three major economic global trading blocs, the EU, the USA and the Far East, we are isolated and alone, destined to be picked over for anything of value by carrion crows who will strip the country naked for one-sided beneficial trade deals. We serve up in desperation to our competitors. The UK is a speeded up fall of the Roman Empire for our times. A joke nation run by incompetence for the benefit of autocrats, despots and dictators so they can offload their dirty loot for laundering through the city of London and associated offshore tax havens. Britain in 2022 faces the same problems as any other country in Europe, but the situation is compounded due to the administrative incompetence of successive governments that appear obsessed with living in a delusional reality, convincing the populace that sunny uplands are just around the corner and that taking back control means we are on a par with all the other major trading blocs. This imagined reality is a complete fallacy as every single set of trade figures, balance of payment statements, import and export returns, and exchange rates show that the combination of coronavirus, Russia's war in Ukraine, and particularly the UK leaving the EU has pushed the country into the worst peacetime economic crisis in nearly a century. Now on the cups of winter, the outlook for an estimated 50% of the UK population, quite possibly more according to other commentators, is there. It is a situation described as between eating or heating, but tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands won't be able to do either. Liz Truss, eventual winner of the Conservative Leadership Contest who will also by default become the country's prime minister, campaigned on a platform of tax cuts. Yet this will not help the nearly a quarter of the population who has too poor to pay any income tax. The death of Queen Elizabeth II on 8th September 2022, the head of state and Britain's longest reigning monarch, whilst not unexpected, will still send a shock wave through the nation and exacerbate the deep insecurity and uncertainty felt by the majority of people already harboring a sense of foreboding for the future. Today, the escalating cost of living crisis is putting even more pressure on people who have already experienced years of penury, a situation exacerbated by a much depleted universal safety net that has been eroded by continual and pernicious attacks on subsistence level living standards. One way or another, and with little concern from central government, obsessed with the mantra of cutting tax, 
possibly half entire population, we have no choice than to pimp themselves out in one way or another in order to just get by. Survival sex is the final means of salvation to many women and men too, who realize that in desperate times, it is the only recourse they have in order to pay the bills if they have no other access to a regular form of employment, not even in the unregulated low-grade gig economy. Survival sex has become an essential means to make a living, predominantly for women, since the financial crisis of 2008 and the subsequent age of austerity that was introduced by the conservative stroke liberal democrat coalition government from 2010 onwards and coinciding with a change in the social security payment system with the introduction of universal credit which intentionally or otherwise made a great many people financially worse off as in previous depressions and slums it was less well off the just about managing or jams who suffered the most and the majority of these were women with children. For many women, their bodies either providing for the needs of their clients or pursuing a career in the ever burgeoning porn industry was a last resort in being able to eat, pay energy bills and provide a home in which to raise children, especially if there was no partner to share the costs with. The current cost of living crisis is creating a situation where more and more women are considering taking up sex work for the first time, whilst others who had given it up are now having to return to it in order to make ends meet. In making this decision, women have to consider the likelihood that they will be putting their lives in danger on a daily basis as they will be unable to refuse potentially dangerous clients and will almost certainly be unaware of them until they turn violent. The dangers of survival sex are all too obvious for those deciding as to whether it's an option, perhaps the only and last option in order to pay the bills and buy food. Unlike most forms of work, your own life could be literally on the line, whether you're working in your own premises, a hotel room, or in the street in the back of a car. Selling one's own body has always been fraught with danger and there has never been a time when it was ever safe, particularly in the UK. The English Collective of Prostitutes, which operates a national helpline, has branches in several major cities advising women in all lines of sex work on how to keep themselves safe and stay within the law where possible. The organization has helped thousands of women over the past three decades and say calls to them requesting information has increased by 30% over the summer of 2022. A spokeswoman said the cost of living crisis is now pushing women into sex work in various ways, whether that's on the street, in premises or online. Across the board, what we're seeing is people coming to that work from a place of desperation. That means they are much less able to protect themselves from violence and exploitation. It also means the conditions of sex work are deteriorating to a point where they are putting the women's lives at risk. 
Many women who have turned to this work out of desperation are those who have lost large sums of money in benefit payments in the switchover from the government's old benefit system to universal credit. Many women are particularly vulnerable because they are unable to work inside their own homes or anywhere off the street where they would have been much safer and would have preferred if the option was available. As had been pointed out by the English collectives of prostitutes, sex workers are 10 times safer working indoors than on the streets and selling sex. Selling sex inside the premises is legal in England and Wales. Working with others makes it a crime and being part of an agency also carries other risks such as having to provide sex without protection. Clients know they are in a position where the women have no choice but to agree to their demands. Despite these obvious dangers for the women involved in this work, the money is a lifesaver. Yet for many, additional problems involving those who fear shame and stigma being reported to social services and the police by anyone who knows her from friends and family to abusive ex-partners and could possibly lose custody of her children. Many women are carrying out sex work to pay the bills by operating online through subscription services such as OnlyFans. Some in the industry have asserted that it is a safer, more empowering option to traditional work. Yet, the ECP warns it can put women at risk of stalking and blackmail. An increasing number has been targeted by men who engage in online harassment and stalking, eventually progressing to blackmail when they discover other social media avenues to exploit and manipulate to their advantage. Men have been known to exploit vulnerabilities in a woman's posting and advertisements, threatening to inform her family and friends and even a woman's children's school about the nature of her work. As the ECP has noticed, both harassment, blackmail and stalking have evolved into a serious and growing problem that affects a large number of women. A woman in Preston who states she's a single mother of four said she lost hundreds of pounds in the switchover from the government's old benefit system to universal credit. She was left without a job and unable to pay her bills. She started doing a couple of evenings a week on the streets, just enough to pay each bill, she says. The money has been a lifesaver, but she is terrified her abusive ex-partner will find out and use it against her with social services. Increasing women selling survivor sex is rampant nowadays. They call it that because it's the only choice these women can make to survive. It's done to meet basic needs, to have enough money for food and rent. Nikki McNeil is a women support worker for Beyond the Streets, a charity based in Southampton and London that helps people find routes out of the sex industry across the UK. It has witnessed a considerable rise in calls and in women selling survival sex. We call it that because it's the only choice these women can make to survive. It's done to meet basic needs, to have enough money for food and rent, she told Sky News. The urgency of spiraling heating, electric and food bills or a lack of IT skills means some women do not have the time or capacity to establish themselves online. As McNeil said, you have to come from a place of privilege to be able to have Wi-Fi and sell sex online. 
the women we work with sell sex in a variety of contexts. Not all of them have access to Wi-Fi, but those who do and are selling online still share experiences of violence. It can be very difficult navigating that with children, particularly at the moment with the school holidays. If that's your main source of income and you can't do it in the house, it's going to be heavily compromised. Beyond the Streets is calling on the government to bring benefits in line with inflation and reinstate the £20 universal credit uplift, while the ECP continues to campaign for the complete decriminalisation of the sex trade. A government spokesperson told Sky News it recognises people are struggling with rising prices and are offering £1,200 in direct payments to low-income households as well as £400 energy payments to vulnerable people. They added, we have no plans to change the law around prostitution and are committed to tackling the harm and exploitation associated with sex work. In the past 50 years, there has been the high-profile attacks and murder victims of Peter Shuttlecliffe, the Yorkshire Reaper, Steve Wright, who was responsible for the deaths of at least five women in Ipswich, Stephen Port, who was convicted in 2016 for the murder of four men and for committing multiple rapes. Although there was no suggestion that his victim had been engaged in prostitution, and countless others whose names barely made the news and are now forgotten. Men are prepared to pay for sexual relief initially, then an inferiority complex, jealousy or aggression takes hold and the woman selling her body becomes the object of violent attention. This begs the question, do some men want sex or do they want physical domination over a woman trying to make a living? Who do they discern as an inferior to be used and abused as the man? Things feet. In conclusion, is survival sex the best way? It's your source of livelihood. What else can be done to mitigate this economic crisis? Is the government willing to listen to people and help them out of the woes of economic crisis? Are women or people? generally able to look for other sorts of livelihood like getting trained into another form of employment, especially women who have children. You can contribute to this discussion by emailing risingaboutshadowsofabuse at gmail.com expressing your views. If you've enjoyed this episode, kindly subscribe, like, share and comment. See you on our next episode. This has been Grace Opa for Raza, Rising Above Shadows of Abuse. Thank you. If you've got any questions or inquiries, you can get in touch risingaboutshadowsofabuse at gmail.com or our social media platforms, Rising Above Shadows of Abuse at TikTok, Rising Above Shadows of Abuse. Twitter, Rising Above Abuse. YouTube, Rising Above Shadows of Abuse.